The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Of course, Carlson is now just another far-right conspiracy peddler with a show on the Internet. He's no longer on Fox, as we all know. And he's apparently been spending the last few days in Moscow for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why. He has to stay relevant somehow. So I guess we'll learn in the coming days. Maybe. In fact, one of the leaders of the MAGA GOP is in Moscow tonight. It's the man you see here with the MAGA leader Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson. Possibly there in Moscow to interview Putin. Definitely there as a Putin supporting celebrity. Now, it is unclear if an interview between Putin and Carlson will take place. But if it does, it gives Putin a chance to sit down with a big supporter. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, So I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him, he can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and, uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. You know, like her views on Putin have been clear for a long time and they, and her views on, uh, (laughs) This uh, blogger going to do the interview were also pretty clear. Yes. Um, am I allowed to say his name? Yes. Yes. I'm just. His name is Tucker Carlson, and he is the only American journalist who has been able to interview Putin since the invasion in 2022. I think we need to put this interview in proper context, Alicia, even before we get to see it. Uh, we know some things. We know that Vladimir Putin has not had an interview granted an interview with legitimate Western journalists for almost four years now. Tucker Carlson is neither a journalist uh, nor a reporter, but he has played one on TV, and now Putin has chosen him. And it comes as Kremlin propagandist Tucker Carlson, a leading voice of the right-wing disinformation campaign, is in Moscow. Ironically, he is there in the name of keeping Americans informed, sitting down for an interview with Vladimir Putin, who's nearly two years into his unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. I, th- I think what's really shocking about this is, is the way he kind of just walks right into Moscow and presents himself on a silver pl- silver platter to the Kremlin, doing the Kremlin's job of misinforming, disinforming the American population. Tucker Carlson is getting exactly what he wants, attention. He's in Russia interviewing Vladimir Putin. Now, frankly, I don't care. His explanation of why he's doing it, that he's a journalist and he needs to inform people, he can call himself whatever he wants. I think uh, his work is demonstrable as not being just about giving people information. He has a point of view, and often it's not aligned with the facts. The Republican Party now in the House is doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, and somebody that we know, uh, that we used to know, uh, going over, doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, uh, attacking Western journalists, saying if only Western journalists would have come over here and tried to even report fairly on the war. Well, Mm. there have been Western journalists Mm. that have gone over 
and tried to report fairly on the war. And they're in jail. They're in gulags right now. Wow. I mean, they were all triggered by one individual. This is this is something that doesn't even feel like it's a huge story. But the regime media, look at look at what they're turning this into. Look at their reaction. You almost have to look into it just because of this hysterical overreaction to one guy who's going to sit down with Vladimir Putin, the, the prophesied prince of Rosh. I mean, a lot of people are going to tune in now just because of the publicity that these people are giving to Tucker. I guess it, it's released later this evening. I think I'll check it out. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, I should say. Of course, you can get to the live video stream of this broadcast at trumpetdaily.com or at rumble.com. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpetdaily. You can watch every day at 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States, or you can also watch on demand after the fact, if you choose. So Tucker triggers them. He triggered them first by saying, nobody else, nobody else would uh, come and do this. I'm a reporter. No one else would dare sit down with Vladimir Putin. So I'll do it. And then, (laughs) as if right on cue, they all say, well, absolutely we would sit down with Putin. We tried to get interviews with him. In fact, there were interviews a few years ago, et cetera, et cetera. This is uh, Tucker when he announced that he's going to be coming out with this interview. This is from a couple days ago, clip four. Since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they've done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda. Propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. And so they were triggered. Not a single Western journalist. With Zelensky, it's, it's, it's altogether different. What did he say? They're fawning pep sessions. Listen to this. This is CNN's Erin uh, Burnett. She, she was in the cold open going on and on about how Tucker's a traitor. Listen to her in her interview with uh, Zelensky some time ago. I think this was just a few months ago. This is clip three. As a human being, so many people look up to you. They rely on you. No one can imagine how hard that is. Do you, do you do anything for your, to yourself? Are you ever able to take a minute to, to read or to listen to music or something to sort of give yourself that uh, a moment? I have such moments, important, to be in silence, to be alone. Alone, uh, how can I be alone? Alone, I can be with music, mm-hmm. it's true, or with a book. And early, early in the morning, when there are no sounds, and sounds in no air raid sirens, no, no, no people, no, no yeah. nobody. I mean the people, people, our staff. I mean no, nobody is is, is in my cabinet. Nobody. Yeah. I can just read, think, think, 
and the music helps, really. What music do you like? Oh, I like ACDC. I understand. We're, we're the same. We're the same. We're the same. <laughs> I love it. No, no, it's, it's important to have some, some, sometimes at six, seven in the morning, some, some trainings. Workout. Yes, workouts. What to do something with, uh, with, with music, with such music. Unbelievable. The, the way she's gazing at him, her husband's probably jealous. She, he can do no wrong, Zelensky. How, how do you handle being a human being? It must be so difficult. This is what passes for journalism today. And then this same woman, she would go after Tucker Carlson. You, you see the real target here, Sundance. Sundance has it right. I don't want to take away from the fact that uh, Vladimir Putin is significant. He's mentioned in Bible prophecy. He's referred to as the Prince of Rosh. He's a ruthless dictator. But public, he's public enemy number two, as far as these talking heads are concerned. Number one, that would be the bad orange man. This is a, the real target here is Donald Trump. They're using Putin to go after Trump, just like they did when Trump first came into office. Trump-Russia collusion. Trump's in bed with Putin. If uh, Tucker goes over there with any other message, well, now he's a traitor. Tucker is a traitor. The Washington Post, it says, as Russian state television propaganda salivated over Tucker Carlson's interview, with Putin, the first of Carlson's falsehoods about his visit to Moscow was punctured, fittingly enough, by the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, who says that, no, no, Tucker's not right. I mean, we've gotten requests from a number of journalists. So others can make the request, Tucker can't, because he's not a real journalist. He's a propagandist. Okay. Aaron Burnett, now she's throwing some real fire at Zelensky. How do you manage your life as a human being? What kind of music do you listen to? What do you do to relax? It must be so hard. That's exactly the way they interview the dear leader. You remember the section in here about they swoon. They swoon before Barack Obama. There's another prominent personality also mentioned in scripture. You've got Antiochus. You've got a Jeroboam type, and yes, the Prince of Rosh. And these people, the way that they react, it tells you everything that you need to know about the communist government, not at the Kremlin, the communist government right here in the United States. Oh, yes. Donald Trump is the real target. Here's the Kremlin fact-checking Tucker Carlson. Well, I thought they're... I thought Tucker's a Russian agent. I thought he's a traitor. Here's the Kremlin basically correcting Carlson saying, no, there have actually been Western journalists trying to get in here and sit down with Putin. Now, Putin's probably, he probably is selective in who he sits down with as far as Western journalists go. He probably does want to get someone that's going to make it look more favorable. Who wouldn't? Of course he's a ruthless dictator, a, a chief propagandist. What was the motivation for having Barbara Walters sit down with him years and years ago? Or, or what about Megyn Kelly from 2017 and 18? 
of course he's going to try to get his message out, just like Zelensky does when he comes over here and begs for money. And he loves to go on a stroll through the park with Aaron Burnett, who is there to ask him, you know, how is it being a human being? You've got so much on your plate. How do you do it? Well, he listens to ACDC. There you go. Hard-hitting journalism right there. Listen to Tucker. This is again from his announcement the other day, clip six. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. And they're helping to make Tucker's point for him, calling on Elon Musk to censor his interview with Putin. Megyn Kelly's is fine. I mean, she can shuttle back and forth to the Kremlin multiple times. We'll get to her in just a second. What a revealing interview that was some years ago. About the, what did he say? The fawning pep sessions. That was a fawning pep session sponsored by Aaron Burnett. Tucker may not ask hard questions. Who knows? We'll find out tonight. Putin probably wouldn't invite him in if he didn't feel like it was going to help him with his agenda. Listen to uh, this, though. I mean, what does this say just about the, the regime media and how important they are to the regime that is the government? They're not there to keep these powerful forces in check, to speak truth to power. There's so many of them still go on and on about Trump-Russia collusion. As I say, Trump's public enemy number one, and then Putin is number two. And he's not to be talked to, because it's obvious. It's obvious that it's completely one-sided. Everything in Ukraine, everything with Ukraine's leadership, everything about their government, all the oligarchs, all the connections between the Biden family and the oligarchs, Burisma, Hunter, getting paid 60000 per month. Or, or even the history, you know, Obama in 2014, just stepping aside and letting Putin do his, his business in Ukraine. Obama didn't stand up to any of this. Now the policies have flipped. Well, and when and, and why did it flip? Well, along comes the bad orange man and he's a Russian agent. So now it's no, it's no longer about resetting the button with Russia like Hillary Clinton infamously said back when Obama, the dear leader, was pre- Oh, yeah, they were reaching out to appeasing Putin, letting him waltz into Crimea. No big deal. And then Trump comes along. And then you've got dirty dossiers. You've got Russian prostitutes. You've got, you've got Trump's over in the Kremlin. Yeah, he's in a compromised position. Yeah, Putin has something over Trump. This went on for years and years and years. You know, my father's written an article before about Trump, or rather Putin, getting it right with respect to Yugoslavia. He, he knows, he knows Germany was behind the breakup. So yeah, he's a ruthless dictator. He's, he's motivated by self-interest. But he's not wrong about everything. But you know who pretty much lies 
as a, as a, as a matter of habit, that would be the Antiochus, who understands, as, as I said yesterday, he understands dark sentences. I mean, there's some real evil propaganda. My father says he comes in the spirit. I mean, he's talking in the program over the weekend more about the, the one to emerge out of Europe. But the political Antiochus right here at home, right here in the United States, I mean, what a smooth talker. That looks pretty sophisticated. <laughs> He's not as ruthless, maybe, on the, on the surface as Vladimir Putin would be. Both of them, though, very, very significant in Bible prophecy. But as I say, <laughs> you, in, in some sense, you look at this story and you think, well, it's a, it's a non-story. It's, it's no big deal. What's the big deal? Let's listen to what uh, Putin says. But the media turn it into this story because of the way they react. You know it hits, it hits a particular soft spot for them to, to react like a pack of rabid dogs, basically. Listen to what, this is from 1983, Richard Nixon, uh, the former president, he, he got run out of town by a pack of rabid dogs as well. This is a comment he made some years ago, 1983, clip uh, seven. Well, they have much more power than most people would like to think. Uh, when we think of the media in this country, the problem is uh, that they have a sense of self-righteousness, uh, a double standard on issue after issue after issue. Uh, they can find everything wrong with somebody else, but they will not look inside and ever admit that they could be wrong themselves. A, a problem with self-righteousness. I mean, that's, that's what, 30, 40 years ago when he said that. And look at it today. Look at what Jeroboam has exposed. These people that have a double standard on everything. Everything. They won't look at themselves. They'll, they'll tell you everything that, that they see is wrong with someone else. An enemy. But they'll never stop and actually look at themselves. Newt Gingrich, he, uh, he wrote this article a few weeks ago. We've been meaning to get to it. Speaking of uh, Richard Nixon and the Watergate scandal. Gingrich says, Watergate was a vivid and compelling drama for most Americans, but after a half century of study, it's clear that no liberal Democrat would have been driven from the White House under the same circumstances. Look at what liberal Democrats can get away with. I mean, Hunter, he's the son, traveling the world, lining his pockets, as well as those of his nieces, nephews, everyone in the Biden crime family. They're all in on it. And they all get away with it. It says here, no liberal Democrat would have been driven from the White House under the same circumstances. It's also clear that the biased, aggressive, and one-sided assault by parts of the executive legislative and judicial branches against President Richard Nixon bears striking similarities to the current war against President Donald Trump. Yeah, there's a thing or two we can learn from that history about the way, not just in the media, the executive, the, the judicial branch as well, Congress, certainly the media, 
Gingrich says here, it was only when I began reflecting on the experience of the ongoing eight-year war against Trump that I began to rethink what I thought I learned about Watergate. Like many Americans, I accepted the media version of what was happening. That's an important lesson to take away from all of this. Never accept the media version of the story. The New York Times, this is just a few years ago. This was before the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. In the year 2020, they, they posted an article, an op-ed, What We Want, the Taliban. What we, the Taliban, want. So they, forget about an interview where it's a sit-down with the Taliban official. They just opened up space in their paper to let the Taliban, to let the Taliban tell you, well, what we're demanding, what we want. And they pretty much got it. In, in case you don't remember, the United States leaving with its tail between its legs, basically, handing over all of this military hardware to the Taliban, a terrorist organization. You want another example? This is from 2023. This is just a, a little over a month ago. I am Gaza City's mayor. Our lives and culture are in rubble. So he's right there in Gaza. He's a local, he's a local leader there. And he's got, he's got space in the New York Times. The newspaper of... Ra you can sit down and... Well, as I say, forget about sitting down and talking to these terrorists. Talking to the other side. Just let them have a platform to espouse their ideas, their thoughts, their takeaway. What, what, what does the Taliban want, after all? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't we hear them out? Shouldn't we sit down and listen to them? So where is, this, where is any of this with respect to Tucker? Even if it's lopsided. Even if it's a softball interview. Self-righteousness. CNN. This is Oliver Darcy. He follows, he follows the media. He's like Brian Stelter. Keeps his eye on the media. Makes sure. He just wants to make sure that there's a, the same standard is applied to all, right? He says here, Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin hasn't been posted online yet, but he is already doing the Russian authoritarians bidding. Already? Haven't even seen the interview yet. But he's a traitor. He's a Russian agent. CNN asked Carlson on Tuesday why he would smear the press by falsely asserting journalists are not interested in interviewing Putin or reporting on Russia. CNN also asked him if during the sit-down he questioned Putin about uh, Ger... Gershkovich's imprisonment, the text message went unanswered. Tucker's the problem. Tucker's the traitor. Newsweek. Yet these obstacles to normal U.S.-Russia engagement only heighten the obligation for any respectable journalist if presented with the opportunity to interview Russian President Vladimir Putin. Without a second thought, it's worth recalling that Putin was relatively accessible to American media before the Ukraine war broke out. Take his 82-minute interview in 2021 with NBC News or this similar-length 2019 interview with the Financial Times. But once the Ukraine, what, then, it's, then it's off limits. 
then just let the regime media tell you everything you need to know about the, the Russian narrative, the Putin narrative, and especially when there's connections to public enemy number one, that's Donald Trump. Oh, yes. And now here comes Tucker to do Putin's bidding. It says here, but it tediously, it's tediously unbearably stupid for anyone to suggest that Carlson simply, simply by virtue of going to Russia with the intent of interviewing Putin should therefore be assumed guilty of treason. This is guy, uh, Michael Tracy, uh, Tracy, I guess he's, he's rather uh, sticking up for Tucker. Anyone who blurts out that tired charge has probably not had an original thought since at least the Steele dossier and is clearly just interested in monomaniacal villainization of the world leader they love to revile, not ascertaining information to improve public understanding of critical world affairs. I mentioned mentioned that, uh, (laughs) that Megyn Kelly sat down with Putin in 2017 and 2018. Uh, I'll get to that in just a second. I think I've got one more of uh, Carlson when he announced that he had the, uh, the interview. This is from the other day, clip five. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again, but this time we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States and we want it to remain prosperous and free. They tried to stop him. This is Obama's deep state. They spied on Tucker three years ago to try to prevent him from sitting down with Putin while he was, I guess, with Fox News at the time. So they spied on, this is how Obama's deep state operates. It's it's important to note here that Obama's deep state functions uh, pretty similarly to Vladimir Putin's. It's just that Obama tries a little bit harder to not come across as a dictator. He's a smooth talker. He's an angel of light, as we've covered this week. Now, Putin, of course, as I say, he's ruthless. He'll murder, murder you if you're dissenting. With Obama, it's a little bit more smooth and subtle. He murders reputations. He bankrupts opponents. He destroys your political career. He targets you with the IRS. He puts you in jail if you were there at the January 6th protest. All of this just in the last few years. Don't think that just because you're not seeing, you know, political opposition falling from balconies in uh, Washington, D.C., that this is somehow a righteous, a righteous leadership currently at the helm in the United States. I mean, really, what you're talking about here are individuals that are evil through and through. And in the case of the one coming in the spirit of Antiochus, it, like I said earlier this week, it's not even just that we'll tolerate that sort of communist attack, we, we swoon before it. When you listen to this, it's, a, it's about three or four minutes. This is, these are highlights, you might say, of Megyn Kelly. And the time, the time here is important because Donald Trump, he wins the election in, uh, in November of 2016. 
And then you remember, you've heard this history on our program, you read about it in America Under Attack. But as soon as Donald Trump shocks the world, Obama unleashed his deep state. He, he unleashed his intelligence apparatus to hastily put together this report saying that Russia not only meddled in the U.S. election in 2016, they helped Donald Trump. That's right. It was Putin together with Trump that rigged the 2016 election. So a few months into Donald Trump's first year, and you'll remember it was Trump. It was Trump who came out in March of 2017 and said, yeah, Obama, his people spied on me. They were spying. Forget about spying on Tucker as he tries to get a, a, an interview with Putin. They were spying on Trump. And remember how the regime media reacted to that? Oh, come on. How could you say that? How paranoid you are. Trump was right. Trump, and yet, for years, for years, we were treated to propaganda coming from our own regime media, our self-righteous regime media, as they went after, not public enemy number two, except that when they talked or went after public enemy number one, they said that public enemy number one was in lockstep with public enemy number two. They're both bad guys. Take it from us. As Megyn Kelly has this conversation, this interview, you can imagine, and I mean, she's, I guess she's conservative. I, th I don't know if she was at Fox News at the time. She probably was. So she gets the big interview, and I'm sure she caught some flack as well. What, what are you going to the Kremlin for? Why would you sit down with Putin? So she goes over there. She fancies herself as a tough journalist. She's going to ask the hard questions. But listen to what passed for the hard questions in 2017 and 2018. This is uh, clip two. President Putin, you have repeatedly and passionately denied that Russia was behind the interference with our American <clears throat> presidential election. But as you know, the consensus view in the United States is that you did. That's what the 17 intelligence agencies concluded, and that's what the Republicans and the Democrats on the Congressional Oversight Committees who have seen the classified report have said. <coughs> Are they all lying? They have been misled. It's the forensics, it's the digital fingerprints, it's the IP addresses, the malware, the encryption keys, the specific pieces of code, that all of them, all of them point to Russia, and none of them points to anyone other than Russia. What fingerprints, or hoof prints, or horn prints? What are you talking about? IP addresses. They can be invented, you know? There are a lot of specialists who can even make it so it comes from your home IP address, as if your three-year-old daughter carried out the attack. President Putin, there, there are reports today in the American press that, that the Trump administration took active steps to ease sanctions. On, on Russia, almost immediately after Trump took office. Uh, was this possibility ever discussed between the Trump team and your representatives prior to President Trump being inaugurated? For the record, U.S. intelligence has concluded Mr. Putin himself ordered the disruption of the election. But the FBI, Congress, and a special counsel are nonetheless investigating Russia's interference and whether the Trump team was in on it. A special counsel has been appointed 
uh, to investigate contacts <coughs> between your government and the Trump campaign. You've said that your ambassador, Kislyak, was just doing his job, right? No meetings between Ambassador Kislyak and anybody from the Trump campaign? Among those under scrutiny is the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. At a meeting with Russia's ambassador last December, he reportedly tried to establish a secret communications channel with the Russian government. For me, this is just amazing. You created a sensation out of nothing. And out of this sensation, you turn it into a weapon of war against the current president. Well, this is, you know, you're just, you people are so creative over there. Good job. Your lives must be boring. Did you know General Michael Flynn? He came over here for a dinner, uh, a photo of which has been widely circulated in the American media. What was the nature of your relationship with him? There have been questions in America about Donald Trump's finances. He hasn't released his tax returns. There have been questions about this secret Russian dossier, which he says is fake, but which purports to have blackmail information in it generated by the Russians. There have been <coughs> questions about the communications between the Kremlin and the Trump campaign, all of which has Americans asking, do you have something damaging on our president? When I spoke with him last June in St. Petersburg, President Putin denied attacking American democracy, despite the findings of our American intelligence agencies. This time, armed with new evidence, I went back to confront him. What have you done to satisfy yourself that the 13 Russian nationals who have just been indicted, those three Russian companies, were not behind this? This has caused an international incident. I continued to press Mr. Putin on the Russian connection. John Brennan is a former CIA director and now an NBC News analyst. One of the real purposes of the Russian interference in the election was to undermine the integrity of that democratic process here in the United States, to create some confusion, to weaken the United States government, uh, and then the U.S. government is not going to be able to deal with international issues and, and confronting, I think, Russian aggression as uh, assertively as it needs to. Moreover, we cannot open an investigation if there is no cause for that. Our conversation today cannot be the cause for that. Intelligence agencies in the United States, now a special prosecutor with a criminal indictment. That's not enough for you to look into it? Absolutely, Absolutely not. I really pressed Putin, she says. On what exactly? On all the Obama talking points. All the Obama attacks on Trump. I mean, she brought up the dossier. They even went to the chief communist propagandist in Obama's intelligence community. John Brennan voted communist in 1976. That, that right there, that was spewing Obama's, Obama's agenda from top to bottom. Oh, what about this dossier? I mean, do you have something on, uh, on Trump? And uh, what, about, what about General Flynn? What kind of connections have you had with uh, Mike Flynn? Isn't that interesting? Isn't it fascinating? To just look back on that three, four, five years down the road, knowing who is telling the truth there. I mean, this is basically this is basically a discussion between two regimes. The Russian regime, you know, the Kremlin, and the Obama regime, the Antiochus regime. And she went over there to really press Putin on what? On his interference in the 2016 election on the fact that he had something on Donald Trump because the dirty dossier said so. He was compromised. This was all created by Obama and John Brennan.
and with the help of many others as well. And it went on into, what was the second interview there, 2018? She wasn't pressing Putin on anything. Here's another thing to consider. Now that all of that, the, the dossier, the Russian medal, all of it's been so thoroughly debunked. Has anyone, anyone in the regime media sat down with the dear leader or maybe even John Brennan and pressed them about the lies they told about the election and about Donald Trump? And the lies that continued for years and years and years? Where has where is there anyone in the media that won't do what Aaron Burnett did with Zelensky and just slobber all over Barack Obama? He could do no wrong. I mean, he can create this fake report. There's a report, Mr. Putin. Did you know this? There is a report a classified report put out by Obama's deep state that says you meddled in the election and they're trying to find, they're trying to find out if Donald Trump was part of it. That was in the exchange you just heard right there. (laughs) You want to compare evil regimes to evil regimes? You see a lot of it on both sides, don't you? (laughs) That's why this book is amazing because it it tells you it shows you it proves to you and it gives you god's perspective too on the attack that's happening right here within our own borders call our operators today and request america under attack if you don't have the book yet it's 1-866-930-3024 you can see why You can see why some, and and we don't, I mean, we don't have a soft spot for Putin at all. But just in looking at that exchange between him and Megyn Kelly, you can see why some people would say, well, I think, uh, I think Putin's right on this. I think he might be right. I mean, we were told lies about Trump and Russia collusion and, and meddling in the 2016 election for years and years and years but she went over there, boy, she, she didn't oppress, she didn't press Obama or the fact that the report, the dossier, it was a, a political hit job sp- bought and paid for by the Clinton camp. Nobody's ever pressed Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden. None of them. They swoon. They swoon. <laughs> There's a little video going around with the romantic music of that clip that you just saw earlier between Aaron Burnett and Zelensky. It's hilarious because it's so close to the truth. They have a romantic love affair with with the ones that fit nicely right into their cherished false narrative. And then the other ones, anyone that's outside of that, they are to be attacked Attack, attack, attack. John Brennan, (laughs) he's actually, she's going over there as a conservative to press Putin. And she's coming with the dossier in hand and John Brennan as part of the package. My father wrote, this is from last year, the Ukraine war will not start World War III. He said, many Americans today are upset with the Biden administration for making such 
bold and generous promises to Ukraine. It's easy to see why, he wrote. This administration is doing so much to destroy the country that we should view just about everything it does with suspicion. This administration, talking about Joe Obama, you really do view everything that it does with suspicion. You know there's something nefarious going on behind the scenes for people to all react exactly the same way. Like I say, like a pack of rabid dogs, basically. It says here, you can see why in my book, well, he plugs America under attack. He says, in this case, there is real concern that America is practically bankrupt and cannot afford to be writing blank checks to bankroll other nations' wars. There is much to criticize about the way America's government is helping Ukraine, but to say it has no responsibility to help is failing to see the bigger picture. And that's what we cover at the Trumpet. That's what we cover at our website. The bigger picture. But Putin's not the only evil, ruthless dictator in the world. There's quite a few of them, in fact. And it's almost nauseating to hear these press outlets that love cozying up to dictators to go on and on about how Putin is the worst. But all the rest, I mean, we'll give them an op-ed if we have to. We want to understand what the Taliban wants in return after we complete our surrender. I mean, it's the Taliban or it's Hamas. I mean, we, we have to understand Hamas's position. We, we've been treated to that for months now, since October 7. We've got to try to get into the minds of the terrorists And we've got to try to understand their demands, why they want them. What's behind it? My father wrote, in fact, it's no exaggeration to say that Ukraine was at the heart of the Russiagate scandal. Even former German Chancellor Angela Merkel noted that Ukraine was meddling in elections for Biden. Well, how about that? Don't hear that very much. You certainly don't hear it from Megyn Kelly or Aaron Burnett. Ukraine has been one of the world's most notoriously corrupt countries. It appears President Zelensky has been trying to clean things up, but even that has yet to be proved. Still, the Biden administration is now flooding the country with an enormous amount of money with little accountability. It is quite possible this is not the altruistic operation that Biden claims it is. One final paragraph here. It says, Surely there are some more hawkish conservatives who are willing to overlook all this ugliness simply because they are eager for a chance to bring down Putin's Russia. What is more important prophetically is this reality, the broken will America demonstrated after Russia's 2014 invasion has not been healed. Russia invaded under Obama's watch. Now the dear leader has completed a flip-flop. Now the dear leader wants tens of billions going into Ukraine. Because, uh, well, we've got to go after Putin. Putin's in bed with Trump. Trump's a danger to democracy. Trump's Hitler. It says here, what is most important prophetically is this reality. The broken will of America demonstrated after Russia's 2014 invasion has not been healed. 
We cannot look at the aid America is promising and sending to Ukraine today without recognizing this truth. No matter how much money and munitions America sends to Ukraine, this too will prove in the end to be vainly spent. That's what your Bible prophesies in, in Leviticus 26, that America is just going to be spending its strength in vain. Tens, just like we did in Afghanistan. Look at that. And then we leave $85 billion worth of military gear. We leave it behind to the Taliban. <laughs> For all we know, the Taliban might have put that, that requirement in an op-ed in the New York Times. Yeah, we want all of the military hardware too. Just so you, know, you understand where we're coming from. Just so you know what our position is before you withdraw. Yesterday I read to you Daniel 8 speaking of this, this evil regime that's right here in the United States. Daniel 8, 23, it says, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And my father has written that that this is someone coming in the, in the case of the European Antiochus. He's going, to come, he's going to come in the spirit of Adolf Hitler. But he's going to be, you know, a lot more of a smooth talker. He's going to look the part. It says here, this is verse 24, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully or mightily and shall prosper in practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. So much destruction brought on by, in this case, uh, an Antiochus to emerge out of the Holy Roman Empire. I mean, Tucker doesn't see these big overview prophecies. He doesn't understand where Vladimir Putin fits into Bible prophecy. But he does see, he does see that the United States is under attack. He does see that the regime media is corrupt. He sees what Richard Nixon saw in 1983, the self-righteousness and the double standard. They'll go after a, 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 an opponent like they did Richard Nixon. That wouldn't have happened to a liberal Democrat. What they've unleashed on Donald Trump, that would never happen if the object or the target was someone like Chuck Schumer or Hillary Clinton, or any of them. Verse 25, it says, And though his policy also shall cause, through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. This Antiochus those coming in the spirit of Antiochus, they just cause so much destruction. Destruction, an abomination of desolation, is the language that the Bible uses. Listen again to the dear leader. This is from that 2022 address that he gave at Stanford. We played this for you yesterday. This is clip eight. How do we adapt that to a new age? It is a chance for all of us to fight for truth. Not absolute truth. 
not a fixed truth, but but to, to, to fight for what deep down we know is, is more true, is right. He's on a mission to fight for truth, not absolute truth or fixed truth. There's no such thing. In Obama's mind, you've got to go with, with just what seems more right. And of course, he's to be the judge of that. He wants to regulate the conversation. He wants to regulate social media. In fact, they have. They have. You know, as we were looking into some of the content for today's show, yesterday, I honestly was asking myself, who is more skilled at spewing forth propaganda, the Obama regime or the Putin regime? It's probably a close call. But you can be sure that the Obama regime, they're just a little more smooth and and nice sounding about it all. Not, Not as openly ruthless, but I mean behind closed doors, there is some ruthlessness there. That's what this book is all about. Look at how quickly they destroyed, look at how quickly they destroyed Mike Flynn's career. At least his career working for Donald Trump. Flynn said himself in the address that he gave at Armstrong Auditorium. He's like, because of technology and there's cameras everywhere. I mean, in the old days, I mean, they just uh, take you out. They'd assassinate you. But now it's harder to get away with. So they assassinate your character. They destroy your political career. They bankrupt you by endless lawsuits knowing that you don't have anything to defend yourself, so you'll just go away. And if you don't go away, then they come after you like a pack of rabid dogs. And they all say the same thing, don't they? They sure do. My father wrote an article in 2020, America has been fundamentally transformed He says the main purpose of counterintelligence operations is to keep the president informed. He's quoting from Andy McCarthy. That's a a basic truth. Yet these agents are somehow convinced that their job is to overturn America's last election and destroy President Trump. Using the investigative powers of the deep state, not to keep In that case, President Trump, this article was written when he was in in office, not to keep him informed, but to target him, to go after him. It says here they're focusing all their attention on hunting for crimes so they can bring him down and overthrow the government. That's what's going on here. And Newt Gingrich, he says it's, it's made him rethink everything about even Watergate. The eight year assault on Donald Trump says here that's, that's a counterintelligence invasion. It's unfolded right before our eyes. And it all revolves around former President Barack Obama. That must be our focus. McCarthy writes that no administration in American history was more practiced in the dark arts of politicizing intelligence than President Obama's. Practiced in the, I mean, interesting use of language, given what it says in Daniel 8.24 or 23, one of those verses, we just read it, practiced 
in the dark arts of politicizing intelligence. That's what John Brennan was really gifted at. Practicing the dark arts of politicizing intelligence. Well, the reason the Russians uh, wanted to meddle in the 2016 election is they wanted to undermine, undermine the, uh, the integrity of the U.S. government. And so we had to look into this. And did they ever? It says here, the National Security Administration touts itself as being the, the world leader in cryptology, the art and science of making and breaking codes, it uses this expertise, it says, to safeguard U.S. secrets and outmaneuver enemies. And you know what else it does? The U.S. government, the deep state, meddles in the elections abroad. Putin has brought this out before. Who are you to go on and on about how the, your election was compromised when you're out there meddling in elections overseas? Is, is he right? Is Putin right about that? Or, or would you believe John Brennan? Who's telling the truth? I mentioned yesterday <laughs> that we're in the midst of a disinformation war, disinformation warfare. It says here, this is my father's article, we live in a time when the transgressors are come to the full. Lawlessness and sin are rife in America, even celebrated. And here is a leader who understands dark sentences and is empowered, not by his own power, but by the devil to cast truth to the ground. And then he quotes Andy McCarthy here at the end. No administration in American history was more practiced in the dark arts of politicizing intelligence than President Obama's. That's the truth for the full story in detail, riveting detail, I might add. Make sure that you request America under attack. That's all we have time for on today's show, the fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>